You're listening to The Comedy Cellar, live from the table on the Riotcast Network, riotcast.com. Good evening, okay. ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to The Comedy Cellar Show here on Sirius XM Channel 99. The Comedy Channel, we're here at the back table of The Comedy Cellar, the famous table. My name is Noam Dorman. I'm the owner of The Comedy Cellar. Next to me, I have... Weighing Drum in 135 roll, pounds, Mr. Dan well, Natterman. Soaking my, uh, wet, Dan <laughs> so Natterman. Well, I wish I was down to 135, but I'm hovering at about 150. Okay. But uh, good to be here in any case. And a man who actually is a boxer, a man who actually... I've done a little boxing. Um, <laughs> Mr. Dove Davidoff. Davidoff, yes, yes. And, Gentlemen. Uh, and our two guests of honor are Cathcart and Klein. Da- Thomas Cathcart and Daniel Klein have been friends for 61 years. Wow. That's wow. actually worth talking about in just that. <laughs> and are the authors of Plato and a Platypus Walk Into a Bar, Understanding Philosophy Through Jokes. It has been translated into 30 languages. Wow. Welcome, gentlemen. Now, Thank you. Uh, Dove uh, is uh, our kind of like resident philosopher. I'm a philosophy fan. Oh. I, I don't know much about it, but I, I, you know, I've read we a few don't things. <laughs> yeah, no, no, but it, it, this looks fascinating. Um, how, how, would you, how would you describe wh- what it's... About, essentially. Can we tell you the origin story? Yes, please. Okay. So, as you know, Danny and I have known each other for 61 years because we met in college on our first day in college. We went to Harvard! There you go. Uh, How about that? That's what Harvard was easy to get into. (laughs) Well, there's something to that. (laughs) We studied philosophy at Harvard! 61 years is what? My mother was so proud! God bless it. Okay, Harvard, 61 years is what year? 61 years is 1957. 1957, okay. Yeah, before you were born. So you guys were like Jews for Stevenson or something like that? Something like that, yeah. Although it was tougher to get back in as a Jew. It was tougher to get in. Not a Jew? No, it was tougher to get into Harvard than as a Jew than it was otherwise. So maybe they had it even more difficult. There could have been more obstacles. could have been, yeah. I don't know. Anyway, go ahead. All right. Okay, I just saw a Jew, and I was good looking, so they left. Actually, I'm part Jew. Jewish. I, d- I just had my yeah. DNA done. Zero point eight percent. That's just the right amount. That's, yeah. that's more that's Jewish right. than yeah. Elizabeth Warren is Amer- Native American. So. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> so anyway, we've known each other all these years. We've often lived in different places. Danny's often lived on different continents. We've kept up the friendship. We've been best friends for sixty-one years. I, I was so. his best man three times. Oh yeah. God! Yeah. Really? Yeah. He got it right though. So anyway, so he, he you called. guys are like Daniel Kahneman and Amos Tversky from uh, the, the the Undoing Project, the two great uh, uh, psycho psychology. Um, you know, what do you, do you guys know the Undoing yeah, Project? Yeah, thinking slow, thinking fast. Thinking, or thinking, thinking fast, slow. Thinking They're very yeah. famous partners that had a long, long relationship and developed a tremendous book. You guys are like that, but okay, sorry. Yeah. Oh. Well, the tremendous book part is true. And yeah. this is before you could be out of the closet at Harvard, right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Wait, did I get this wrong? I'll tell you who was one of our classmates, yeah. and uh, Thomas kept up with a little bit, uh, Barney Frank. Oh, oh, speaking yeah. of, uh, speaking yeah. of, <laughs> yeah. who wasn't out? He yeah. wasn't yeah. out, and I double dated with him and girls. Really, really? Yeah. yeah. But did you have That's your suspicions fascinating. then? Did you think that maybe no you know? Idea. Yeah. I didn't know what it in was. In the mic, in the mic. I see. I okay. didn't know what gay was. As Barney, as gay, as Barney Frank would say, speak in the mic. <laughs> speak in the mic. Yes. <laughs> but Gaydar in those days. I'm, I'm still not. I'm still not sure what it is. Yes. Yeah. Gaydar in those <laughs> days wasn't as finely developed as it is today. No, no, it wasn't no, as finely developed. We were in the early stages of Gaydar development. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Early technology. So but go ahead, Doug. You want to talk about philosophy? Go ahead. Yes. Well, oh, no, no, they were telling no, the story. No, no, no. They were telling oh, the okay. origin story. The or- so, okay. Yeah, okay. the origin story. So Danny calls me up one night, and he tells me a joke. Should I tell it? You tell the joke. Um, I'm the Jewish half, right? Yeah. Okay, so this, this guy is in bed with his best friend's wife, and they hear a car come up in the driveway. They know it's the husband's car. So the friend jumps out of bed and he runs stark naked into the closet and closes the door. A moment later, the husband comes sauntering in, goes to the, goes to the closet, opens the door, and he, he sees Saul standing there, stark naked. He, saw, he says, Saul, what are you doing there? And Saul says, 
Everybody's got to be somewhere. <laughs> I, mean, I, I remember the joke. Myron Cohen had told him. <laughs> That's a great joke. Yeah. Everybody's, Everybody's got to be, be somewhere. What do you want from me? <laughs> <laughs> That's a great joke. Usually when we tell that in a crowd, it doesn't get much of a laugh. Well, you got to yeah. pick it up, but it's, yeah. it's a joke. I've actually, so, so, so I've actually heard that joke before. Remember? Yeah. And I think I heard Bob Newhart tell it. And, and mentioned have. that it was one of his favorite jokes. Yes. That he always loved it. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yes. But it's I, very subtle. Yes, I, I had heard Myron Cohen tell it years ago on the Ed Sullivan show. Uh, yeah. When I thought about that, I thought, gee, that seems a little far out for 50s TV, but I guess not. He's is that like, an example of the existential joke? It is. Okay, great. Yeah. yeah. So Danny yeah. tells me the story, and I said, gee, you know, there's a little philosophical subtext going there. And Danny said, what is it? And I said, well, Lou, the guy, Saul, I guess, the guy in the closet is giving a Hegelian answer to what was intended as an existentialist question. And Danny goes, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I wasn't as good a student as Tom. He's really smart. I picture you, you, you like a beatnik in the 50s. Like, yeah, yeah man. Yeah. Yeah. But you'd, drums. you'd have to communicate what Hegelian means. To, exactly. To... So, no. So he said, Hindu. Yeah. He said to me, he said, oh, yeah. He said, you know, the guy who's opening the closet door wants a very down-to-earth individual concern expressed here. You know, yes. like, what the hell are you, of all people, doing in my closet of all places? Very concrete, very real, very down-to-earth. And the guy doesn't want to answer that question, obviously, so he answers in a very abstract way, the way the philosopher Hegel did. So instead of, you know, answering the concrete question, he goes, everybody's got to be somewhere. Yeah. So Danny goes, oh my God, there's a book in this. But really? what about the wow. joke about... You sure he didn't say there's money in this? He didn't think there'd be more jokes that had philosophical content. Oh, wow. Because he's I not Jewish. So we, we took yeah. Yeah. a bunch of joke books and a bunch of philosophy They all books. have philosophical contexts. Yeah. You yeah. can find a it all. And not just the Jewish jokes. No, the any jokes. I Indian jokes. Yes. You mean Native American or yes. uh, uh, Norwegian no, jokes? Yes. Indian. Norwegian Indian. jokes are incredibly philosophical. Because life is absurd and paradoxical, and humor, I, I would imagine, helps you not jump off a roof. Okay. It now, does. I, just yeah. want to tell, I just want to say, and then we do that, that in, in the thing that I don't know if it's unique, but the thing like being yeah. Jewish, that was very much in my home, jokes yeah. were to, to make a point. Yes. And there were lessons. There were almost yes. every Jewish, every yes. joke that my father told was brought out when yes. it, it was the way of expressing an, a, a point. Yes. yes. I don't great know if, father. Great father. And I, and I don't know yeah. if that's unique to Whereas Jewish culture Whereas for the Irish, jokes are alleviating dogma. You know, well, it's, it's uh, just, it's, it was probably I'm so gonna, different. And, and I'm going to say, people, it's I'm about gonna, making fun of your mother. I'm going to say something. <laughs> or excusing yourself for showing up late. At the risk of sounding controversial in our household, no, I'm speaking for all Jewish households, uh, we told jokes uh, to laugh. <laughs> what? What a, what a Canadian. You guys yeah. are overthinking. No. <laughs> I doubt but, it, Dan. You tell but, jokes to make but, a point. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Dan tells jokes. Uh, Freud said that, that the purpose of humor was to alleviate anxiety. Yes. And the two biggest sources yes. of anxiety are sex and death. Yes. And we, we once did a book afterwards. This book was became a bestseller. So, yes, yes. So all of a sudden... Way. I'm going to put the mic sideways here so you can actually look okay, where you so want. So all yeah. of a sudden, yeah. in our 60s, you know, falling apart, our dicks don't work anymore. Hey, there you go. We're, Speak for yourself. We, <laughs> before Viagra. No, I can't. <laughs> your, your dick doesn't work anymore. <laughs> Barney Frank told him. <laughs> but... but uh, um, what was I going to say? Oh, oh so yeah. uh, uh, so they give us a lot of money to write about death. Yes. And the philosophy of death. Yes. Which there are a lot of. And man, when we got into the different cultures yes. that did it. Now, here's a Jewish one that if you tell to some people, they walk away. Mm. It's, it's about this couple in their 90s, and they go to the rabbi and say they want to get divorced. Yes. And the rabbi says, you've been married for 70 years. And you want to get divorced now? Why? And the woman says, actually, Rabbi, we've been wanting to get divorced for a long time, but we wanted to wait until the children were dead. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now, but what, That's a good job. <laughs> what philosophical point does that illustrate? Uh, what, the the in inevitability of death. It's, it's uh, like, like Ernst Becker, you know, the, the denial of death was a, a meditation, a deconstruction of about yes. all of our anxieties manifesting themselves in all of these behaviors and humor being a primary one to mitigate 
the, the anxiety. Indeed, we heard from the Ernest Becker Foundation when the book wow, came yeah, out. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Seminal work, no. I do find, just touring about the country, that death jokes are not always welcome. <laughs> Yeah. Um, no. You know, in, in in all contexts. Yeah, <laughs> cemeteries. Well, well, I do fine touring around the country. Well, you know, it's it, it's the that kind of humor is not always what people want to hear. No, can yeah. I tell one more? Yeah, of course yes. you can. Yes. This is my favorite Norwegian joke. And so, Most people don't have one. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you tell yours first. I'll tell mine. Go ahead. I got a hundred. <laughs> so the standard characters are Lena and Ole, and uh, Ole yeah. dies, and Lena comes down to Oslo to tell the uh, you know the obituary editor. Yes. And and she and the obituary editor says, "Well, what do you want the obituary to say?" And she said, "Oh, just say Ole died." Yes. And she said, "Now come on, uh, Lena. You know, I mean." You, he was, Ole was very popular, you have children, you have grandchildren, and anyway, the first five words are free. And she said, okay, how about, uh, Ole died, boat for sale. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a Jewish joke. Yeah, it does, yeah. It's, no, it's Norwegian from the start. It's so great, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Back to the Jewish thing for a second, though. Yeah. Even though he's right, we did find them from all different cultures, they were disproportionately Jewish. Yeah. You know? Like Nobel it, Prizes. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yes. In fact, there and was sex harassers. You got a couple of them. Yeah. In, in fact, there were so many that were Jewish that we actually changed names in some of the jokes. You know, yeah. Shmuel became John. So Sam. Yeah. 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 Right. And uh, just because we didn't want it to look like, you know, the best book yeah, of Jewish yeah, jokes yeah, or something. Yeah. So a lot of the jokes in the book were originally so, Jewish. So, so what do you attribute that to? What is it about the Jewish people? Questions, Torah, it's not dogma. But go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. I, I, I mean, some people think it's a survival characteristic. Well, yeah. Things got so bad that you made jokes about it. Yeah. And there was a certain period. Like soul music for, for uh, black people? Very much so. Yeah. But there was a certain <laughs> period in Jewish humor when a lot of the jokes were, were about trying to pass for not Jewish. Ah, yeah. Eastern European jokes. So yeah. they were really inside. Yes. And uh, they were cruel. Yes. Uh, but they were lessons. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Wittgenstein, Lord, Ludwig Wittgenstein. Can you stop showing off? I'm not showing off. I've read a couple of books. Dangerfield or something. What a family that was. Oh my God! I just oh, read about his whole family's biography <laughs> in Vienna. Three, three of his brothers three. killed themselves. And a one-armed pianist. Nuts. Yes. But Wittgenstein, when he ran off to Norway to stay in an ice hut somewhere. With a fella. <laughs> yeah, that's right. A, that's right. Yeah, like he was Barney Frank of Norway. Yeah, it was yeah, Barney Frank of Norway. Yeah. Um, nobody talked Ole, about Ole. Hey, Wittgenstein talked about how he thought like a great philosophical work could theoretically consist purely of jokes because yes. of the paradoxical nature of the material. Yes. So, does that, so, so, so yeah. you, are you guys into Woody Allen? Yes. Yes, I and like Woody. Woody Allen. You think he did it? You think he did it? Oh, that's a good you know, question. Did what? The, with the little kid? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but it was consensual. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was a good one. That was good. He's really good. <laughs> that's the best joke I've heard in a long time. <laughs> but, but, but Tommy can tell you about, about what happened with the book. Uh, oh, go ahead, go ahead. I think it's kind of interesting. You guys are great. You guys should be on, you guys should be on the Tonight Show. Have you been on any Oh, these guys are great. No, I'm going to try to no. get you guys. I mean, not that I have any connections, but, I, but, I, but you guys <laughs> should be on. This is exactly yeah. who should be on the Tonight Show as opposed to these, these know-nothing actors that, that yeah. memorize a couple of lines <laughs> yeah. and suddenly they're being interviewed. But the, the, the problem is we're going to be dead in about 16 months. <laughs> well, we'll get you there in 10. <laughs> okay. Okay. So thank God then your parents can get divorced. <laughs> <laughs> that was a callback to a Norwegian <laughs> joke. <laughs> we, we just had a bite of jeans restaurant on yeah. Street, and uh, Danny said to the waiter he said I'm 79 years old he said tell me how long am I going to live and the waiter said 11 minutes and Danny said well I have time to eat the food he said I'll put a rush order in everybody in New York is I don't live in New York everybody in New York is funny I can't believe it <laughs> where do you live a small town in Massachusetts uh, uh, Great Barrington I'm, I'm told that uh, the fear of death is a young man's game uh, and that once you get older, for some reason, 
you don't fear it as much. You, you don't think about it as much. Is that is, is that your experience? No. Okay. <laughs> yeah, definitely yeah. not. Yeah. So, no, I really don't want to die. I really don't. Yeah. I don't. Well, yeah. no, and we don't want you to. And, and, and <laughs> thank you. But but do you find that you you haven't found the changing from when you say you were forty, in terms of the way you the way you think about it? I think it, it's way, more on my mind now. It's more on your but mind. But you know why? Because. I, I, I'm a friendly person. I have a lot of friends my age, and they're dying. Yeah. <laughs> and I hear about it every week. Tom yeah. is going to a funeral uh, Monday, you know. I mean, I'm a good friend of his. It's just happening all around us, so it's hard to escape. And uh, do you believe in, in anything that, that lies beyond? Uh, no, but I have a lot of jokes about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. a lot of great St. Peter the Pearly Gates jokes. Yeah. Was, you, want, oh, you want to tell oh, one? Oh, yeah. Should I tell you something about Tommy? Yes. Um, after, after we finished our, our philosophy degrees, he went to divinity school and studied to wow. be a minister. Oh, wow. And he studied with Paul Tillich, the theologian. So he knows, he knows his Old and New Testament. Tom, what has what your experience been of that search for meaning in, in the context of, of humor? Have you just found that it's all kind of so absurd and paradoxical? Well, I'm glad you asked, Doug. <laughs> I don't know. No, it's sometimes every now and then Hold there's a kind... Guys. This is your idea? This is, yeah. this is a great... This is a, a tremendous idea. <laughs> you redeemed yourself in the last yeah. few weeks. Life, life is no, a teacup. So it isn't a teacup. <laughs> so it is a teacup. No, no, but the idea of there being an epiphany, like, you know, Leonard Cohen went and studied with, uh, became a, a monk, an actual, I mean, yeah. for, for seven years, lived in an yeah. ashram and really, right. really did yes. what it takes to become an actual ordained Buddhist monk yes. and there were certain types of epiphanies associated with that when he tried to reintroduce yeah. himself into a general society yeah. we've taken a lot of drugs to try to do that <laughs> yeah, have you taken a lot of drugs but what have you taken a lot of drugs yeah we were yeah. At, when well, we no, were no. in college we had two professors one named Timothy Leary oh, and, God. <laughs> and one named uh, what was it Richard that? Alpert Richard Alpert so, yeah. so for wow. actually for the listeners, Timothy yeah. Leary was known for for advocating LSD use. Yes. And his kids. Go ahead. I, went, I, I, I told this to a bunch of uh, young people. I have a daughter who's 38, and I was telling some of her friends about this, and they said, who's Timothy Leary? Yeah. Well, yeah, the reason I said because you know, there was a recent article that like 60% of millennials haven't heard of the Holocaust or something. Oh my God. So I presume they is don't know right? who Timothy Leary yeah. is. Right. Yeah. I, I read that, and my reaction is... Well, good. They won't get any ideas. Oh. <laughs> good one. I, I don't know that knowledge about the Holocaust is necessarily the key to preventing another one. Yeah. I, I, I don't see that logic. If Jews no. could be a little bit yeah. more pleasant, maybe. We need to know. Yeah, that would that go a long way. Yeah. I, I think, yeah. I think we kidding. need to know about it. I don't, you know, people sometimes get inspired by history. Yeah, it's been said. Yeah. Those who are condemned, those who don't remember the past, are condemned to repeat it. Who said those it? Who who, said it? That's oh, George Santayana. Santa yeah. But those who do remember the past might seek to repeat it. In fact, they say that. Well, some say that Hitler was inspired by the genocide of the Armenians. They said, "Well, isn't that a good idea?" Yeah. It, yeah. It, you know, it, this that's is a great alternate perspective. I've never heard anybody make that argument, but it makes sense. Like, yeah. I guess I don't know. Although I lean toward you know us knowing enough history so that we're not likely to repeat it because yeah. uh, uh, with the exception of Hitler and a couple of other lunatics I'm hoping that not a lot of people are inspired by genocide yeah I hope so too well I hope well, we're <laughs> all in agreement oh, there what do you think of this I, I saw a cut of a, a Bill Maher monologue and he was talking about how um, how, how evil a discovery about Donald Trump could we have to finally turn our minds that was his... The edge, well, you mean the people that voted for him on an emotional level? There is nothing. You, whatever you find out is a spin, and you well, know, either it's fake news, nothing. You know, one I, thing. I, 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 don't, I don't know. But he said, like, what if they found in his closet Anne yeah. Frank's skeleton? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you guys laughed. A lot of people don't. And, and the yeah. audience, that was too far. Yeah. Oh, that was too far? Yeah. That nah, was too that's far. not too far I think far on the and, other side of the coin... And it was a little too far for I, me. I know the yeah. answer yeah. to What's the question. The What's the answer to the question? The answer is it would have to be something uh, traitorous to the country. Uh, but I think the other side of the coin... would agree that it was traitorous. I mean, the idea that everything is spent in context is like, what's no, traitorous? But, uh, but I'm saying, it, traitorous yes. would be... Uh, um, he was... They had something over on him, so he changed American policy to be in line with Putin. I don't think over that would be a big problem for a lot of people that support no, no, Trump. That, he well, could, he no, could make no, an argument that he's saying that overall it was for the best. 
Well, <laughs> I, I, I think that would be that, listen. Nothing, no personal be. morality is going to matter at this point. The, right, the right, other right, side right, doesn't right. listen compared to JFK. Why should it matter? Right. But uh, <laughs> oh, well, the other side, yeah, 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 no, sure, right? yeah, The other choose. side of the coin is also true that no matter what good he does, it won't be acknowledged. If he does any good, which is a possibility, yeah. it won't be acknowledged by the other yeah. side as being good. Can I ask yeah. a side question? Yeah. You know, I'm old and grew up with a slightly different morality. I didn't get laid until I was 20, I think. Does this business of peeing on somebody appeal to you? No, but it does, Dan. Oh, yeah. Go ahead, Dan. <laughs> yeah. I don't, well, I don't get it. No, no I don't I'll think let, we'll let Dan take it. Yeah, I don't think it's generational. I've, go never ahead, been, I've never been peed on, no. Well, why not? Uh, no, I have what? been peed on yeah, by both my kids when I was at the zoo. <laughs> <laughs> on my shoulders. How was and, it? And it wasn't bad. <laughs> but, uh, it wasn't enough to inspire out, you yeah. to go pay anybody to do it again. But just to be fair to Donald Trump, the, the, uh, the accusation was not that he wanted to get peed on, although people do like that, is that he wanted to see them pee on the bed Obama's that Obama bed. had slept in. Yeah. Oh, and that no. is a <laughs> but um, but yeah, I don't know that it's great. a gen- But the fact is a lot of people do enjoy uh, To be peed on or to watch Young ladies pee or older women pee yeah. no, uh, this I'm is glad no- they're sheltered so life. Older women is going too far I don't know that this is a generational thing yeah. I mean getting back to Hitler uh, I mean poops <laughs> I understand I was born in the 30s well, that's you know? the, But that's the basis of any relationship <laughs> By the way, our Molly Mulshine is here. Molly, we started a bit late, so we'll get to you. She, Hi, she, Molly. Yeah, she, she? That's Molly Mulshine. She wrote an article for Elle magazine about uh, um, Michelle Wolf. Oh. And I wanted to talk to her. So, um... We're going to swap her well, in. Well, well, so this is... We can, you, we can, they, they would be interesting yeah. to talk to as well about the correspondence dinner yeah, I, and, and, and Wolf's material. I, I, let me frame the question this way. How do you feel about the um, the no-holds-barred kind of humor now that is considered mainstream in a correspondence dinner type thing? I mean, obviously, even 20 years ago, you had never heard such jokes. What do you think about right. that? Yeah, I didn't think she was funny. That was my main thing. Are you concerned you know? about the coarseness of the culture, the, the, the things from, yep. the, from your generational outlook? Well, that too. It was a little too coarse for my taste. You know, it was too uh, graphic. You know, like, who needs to visualize her vagina and how it compares to the yarn in a pussy hat. Is you that know, a rhetorical I mean, question? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, that's what she was asking us to do. I yeah. think, no, it's, why? Why do we have to do Post-Kantian idealism. <laughs> <laughs> Let's, uh, why don't we bring in Mo- Molly. Doug, would you mind? Um, of course, of course. Do, 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 Comes in next to me. No, no, no. no we, we, we don't. In case he wants to chime in. Okay, but make sure. Make sure you don't. I won't. Dan is very, Dan is like OCD about this shit. Well, I like to, you know, I asked Noam if he could devote 15 minutes a week to planning the show, making sure we know when each guest comes, when each guest goes. And his response was, I don't have time. That doesn't mean you can't do it with Steven. I'm, well, I'm you've like, got to give me full power then. You you've got to grant me full power so that Steven knows that I, I have power and then to, to, to make these You decisions. have full power. Okay. Full power. Really? Yes, really. Yes, full power. But, but okay. check with me first. Okay. Uh, Molly, Mo- <laughs> Molly Mulshine, how do you do? I'm good, thanks. How I, are you? Molly and I are Facebook friends, but I don't know her very well. But I met her here, and I added her on Facebook, probably for creepy reasons. But anyway, that doesn't matter, because she's here. The truth comes out. Uh, well, so, Molly, so, so, Molly, this is Thomas Cathcart and Daniel Klein. They wrote the book, uh, Plato and the Platypus Walking to Bar. I've known each other for 61 years from Harvard. Uh, very, very funny, and they know all about humor. So, yeah. anyway, awesome. may I just add one little thing? Sure. It was a New York Times bestseller. A New York Times bestseller. <laughs> I just wanted to mention that. Anyway, um, which, which, by the way, is extremely impressive. I mean, I don't. There's no PR anymore with these publishers, and so the right, fact right, that right, right, Dan is right. So go ahead. Yeah, but he's also. But it's a bestseller compared to the other books. Let's make not Molly. selling. Molly, now listen, I, want, I, have to something. I want to basically recuse myself yes. for the most part from the whole Michelle Wolf conversation. Because uh, she's a very good friend of mine, number one. Number two, I had some small... Uh, Sexual thing with her. No, that wasn't small. <laughs> I had some, uh, and, and that yarn joke. Anyway, I had some little uh, pre-show conversations with her about this stuff. So I feel, and I, I don't think I can discuss it without talking about that stuff. So anyway, but go ahead. Okay. So, All right, so well, let me finish ahead. my introduction, my yeah. long-winded yeah. introduction. Yeah. 
So in any case, Molly's a comic, I believe. When I met her here, yes. she told me she was a comic. I don't, are you still doing that? Yeah, I am, yeah. Definitely um, not professionally, but I am a professional journalist, so I well, write that, about comedy. Yeah, well, so I stumbled I stumbled yeah. on her article on Facebook because every oh, she's other... Hot. Go ahead, Dan, get to the... Get to the this is a Me Too interview. Everybody, on, everybody... <laughs> Anyway, because every other thing on Facebook now is Michelle Wolf. Have you guys noticed? Are you on yeah. Facebook? Yeah. Every I've never seen a woman or a human being become this famous this fast. That Except Stormy Daniels. <laughs> Maybe Stormy. Yeah. Maybe Stormy. But this is an incredibly overnight... Meteoric. Meteoric thing. Yeah. And you wrote an article about... Go ahead. Yeah, basically my whole point was that... I mean, after I watched the set, I didn't think anything was really over the line at all. Um, I thought that she pretty much was the same level of like appropriate or inappropriate as any previous male host has been. But I think that people don't like to hear women talk badly about other women. And it's a very weird side effect of, you know, the Women's March and everything like that, where we're not really allowed to criticize each other at all, especially not when it comes to appearance and everything. And I just think it's really silly and it infantilizes women. So mm. that was pretty much Well, my how do you mean? What do you mean infantilizes women? It's like, women. it's like why... Why wouldn't Sarah Huckabee Sanders be able to take a joke about her eyeliner, you know? Well, but it's more than the eyeliner. I think the joke that was most controversial was when uh, she compared uh, Sarah Saunders to the uh, woman that plays Lydia on The Handmaid's Tale. And this is a, yeah. a larger girl, like a fuller-figured woman. Totally. <laughs> and I think... Most people, and rightly so, interpret it. If you see the picture yeah, here, Jessica, my wife had a point. Oh I don't God. think it was about the comparison wasn't about appearance as much right. as it was. That's a coincidence. It's like their vibe is the same. <laughs> no, but it wasn't. The, what, what was the comparison? What was the context of the comparison? I think it's was it about like a, a severe kind of personality. I'll tell yeah. you what. No, no. The, the joke was, I loved you as Lydia. Oh, 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 oh. That's, yeah. that's, that's the whole joke. I love you, Lydia. There was nothing. There was, there was no. I'm, I'm just stating the fact here. I'm not, there was no, there was no remark. There was no remark about. Her persona, just I loved you as Lydia. Right, right. It, it yeah. seems to me that the common interpretation would be that it was a f joke about her physicality. Now that may not have been, but that's how I interpret. It. I think that's how most people. I think that's how uh, Cath and Klein interpreted it. If I don't, I can't speak. Well, for that's them. how Sarah Sanders interpreted it. But Molly's point was about it infantilizing women, which is like if there's a slight, you know, reference to somebody, and the idea that, or even an eyeshadow kind of making fun yeah. of somebody in a way that isn't. It's not like she went after her physically for the most part. And but so people go after Trump physically all the time, and no one Nobody is like, yeah. yeah, that's what. That's my point. It's like, oh, you know, well, I don't understand. What's your point? My point is, is it it's okay. It's okay, yeah. To go after anybody physically. Yeah. How about for a defect? How about for if they have a cleft palate? Or I mean, if it's funny and it's a roast. So, so let me ask you this. So, well, it's not a roast, but. Well, it kind of is. It's like in, in, in a roast, thing, the person yeah. who gets roasted gets to go up afterwards and answer. Right. Can I just chime wait, 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 in? Isn't yes, that, isn't, we isn't got that, a chimer. We got a chimer. Wait, wait. But doesn't that make it completely different? I guess it does, yeah. But, I mean, I just I just don't... Th I think that it's unfair to assume that Sarah Huckabee Sanders' feelings were hurt by any of that, first no, of you, all. You saw, you saw it in her face. I, I disagree. That's just how her face always looks. <laughs> no, no. I'm not coming out against Michelle or whatever, but, yeah. but let's not pretend... The black is white and white is white. We saw her okay, face, and you ha okay. well, and so and that was that was real pain. And afterwards, she wouldn't even I pose. Yeah, but I, you, but you can't disagree. It's not not even a matter of opinion. She we <laughs> she she refused even to appear with her in a picture afterwards. You don't know what a woman looks like when she looks like she's maybe wants to cry. I mean, she looked maybe uncomfortable. You have to see my but, wife. <laughs> yeah, like I don't know. Yeah, I just doesn't make it wrong. That doesn't mean that it was necessarily. We got it. We got to either get another mic or we got to. Dodd's got to shut up. No, 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 no. It's okay. It's okay. Not this way. This way. You can't take me anywhere. For our listeners, there was just a spillage. Thank you. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I see. This is. This is. I will say this. This is what bothers me about the discussion of this issue. Say what you want about about whether you think it's right or wrong or what this is okay about what the standards are in today's world. But I, I see everybody pretending that the facts are not as they are. This woman was upset. I haven't and, heard her say that she was, though. I mean, and if she was, it's, it's her right to be upset. It's her right to be upset. But, I mean, she's a public figure, and I think it's Michelle so, Wolf's right So your right view to is that you can get up there and say anything you want about anybody, no matter how... Uh, how vulnerable they might be. So then, so when Trump made fun of the disabled guy, you were actually okay with it. No, because he's not a comedian. He's Who's not a comedian? Trump. 
I mean, I didn't. So, I, you're, so is a comedian is like a license, like 007, license to kill. You get a badge, and now you can say what you want. I mean, I think she was making jokes about a public figure who deserves to be joked about, and you I don't think she deserves to be. Jo- you th- so you think someone? I don't did, think. Th- I also so didn't take it as being about her appearance. Also, okay, well, let's I say, have well, to say, for the sake of argument, let's say it was about okay. her. Okay. No, if you say I, I, I don't think it's okay if, if it was about her appearance, then we can argue about whether it was or wasn't. But you're saying I thought you were saying that it's fine even if it is about her appearance. Like yeah, she, I mean, she, in other words, it was say, fine last year when Hassan Minaj made fun of Trump's appearance. Well, okay. So why I, is it not fine when I, Michelle Wolf does I, the same thing with I, I, you know? I would give you the answer to that. Uh, I, I mean, the same way. Really, you're going to misinterpret where I come out on this issue, but I'm just trying to be, you know, a, like Thank a law so school much. professor. My answer would be that there's something human in all of us, which knows uh, what somebody. This is what this is the bullies, not Michelle, but Trump. This is the bullies' um, talent that they know who's vulnerable and what will really hurt. And when you go after somebody's uh, makeup, I think, you know, yeah, there's her makeup, or if you she go after my... She said her makeup was perfect. Now, yeah, no, I'm saying... Right, now you're just being dishonest. No, she did. That's what she then said. Why she was said it a funny? perfect smoky eye because right, she right. said she was okay, using okay, burnt lies but, but, to put it on. If you, that if was you, funny. If you, yeah, it was funny. If you go after somebody's makeup, you're, you're saying, but if you go after somebody for being fat and ugly, most humans understand that's going to really leave a mark. And most people can understand it between somebody who's handsome and everybody liked and, and probably never, and can take it. And most people can smell, see someone who's, who's probably been bullied before and has been hurt by these kind of remarks throughout their whole life. And it's astonishing to me that people are pretending or either have, or have a very low emotional IQ that, oh no, it's, you, know, you, can make, you can make fun of this one, so therefore you can make fun of anybody about anything. And it's well, they're a, they're a public also, figure. Also, so so I, and Michelle said it wasn't about her appearance, and I, and I don't. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. You know, disagree. But what's astounding to me is that people are saying even if it was about her appearance, Trump made fun of somebody's appearance. So say whatever you want about her. Call, call, you can call her ugly in front of a room full of people, point at her, and hope that a thousand people laugh along with you at how ugly she is. And that's somehow okay because you hate Trump. That's astounding to me. I'm not saying it's okay because I hate That's exactly what you're saying. No, what, the thing that I then take issue... Then why are you issue, to what Trump said about people? I said what Hassan Minaj said about Trump. No, you said about Trump. No, 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 I said what Hassan Minaj right. said. Okay. But right. my, my I issue I would remind is, Noam to keep it friendly. Right. See, no, 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 it's fine. See, <laughs> Let's just talk about the facts. I, my I think, that, issue, I think there's really good arguments for Michelle's, in Michelle's favor. Really good arguments you can make. Right. But not by changing, pretending what happened didn't happen. But see, okay, my issue she, is with she's, the she's assumption co- that Sorry, that Sarah Huckabee Sanders is vulnerable. She's one of the most powerful people in the world. She's at the top of her game. She's like an impressive, respectable person. Right. She can, It's okay, I think, to knock her down a couple pegs. They made fun of Michelle Obama. It was horrible. She was a public figure. She's, but she's, who, when she's, who made fun of Michelle anybody, Obama? Anybody. They made fun of her appearance. They made, it was horrible. But, it was horrible. And you know what? People on the right tried to forgive it, too, because they hated Obama. It's the same thing. It's disgusting, if you ask me. People need to stop this dressing up their hatred as righteousness. You, want, you think it's okay? Say, I think it's okay. But don't pick and choose. They made fun, well, about, they made fun of Michelle Obama in the worst way, and they should have been ashamed of themselves. Uh, her looks. Her looks. Her fat ass. Whatever they wanted to say about her. It was never okay. You never thought it was okay. Come on now. Well, I would need to see which exact situation you, you were talking about okay. to compare it. Like if it was a comedian at a correspondence dinner who said Anywhere. something and it was But something. I'm losing the thread in the, the debate because I, kind th- I think I agree with both of you. I, I agree with Noam that people need to stop dressing up hatred as righteousness. But at the same time, I feel like what Michelle did was contextually appropriate for the most part. If something was a touch off color, I mean, it doesn't necessarily substantiate all of the outrage. I mean, people every I, now and then. I, I, I agree with that. I'm yeah. just, I just don't. I think, no, you're 100 percent right. It's very easy to excuse all of it if of you just course. want to pretend it didn't happen. Of course, of course, of course. Yeah, it's the amount of outrage right that. that it got compared to other similar comments that well, have been between men that Kat, I think is... Uh, Cathcart and Klein, any thoughts? No. Tom and I, I think it was last summer, went to a, a conference about philosophy and humor uh, at Bucknell. And, um, and the, the kind of key word there, there were a lot of people talking very boringly and intellectually about humor. And uh, the key word was good humor is transgressive. And the hero was Lenny Bruce uh, and Sarah Silverman and uh, people who really... Good, good friend of Dan's, by the way, but go ahead. Sarah Silverman. Oh, I, I think she's fabulous. What does transgressive mean exactly? Well... I think it's when a man dresses like a, like a woman. 
Uh, That's is, transgressive. What does transgressive mean, Tom? Transgressive, transgressive. Uh, you know, over the top, uh, you know, uh, unfair. Uh, uh, offensive, uh, I Offensive, think. yeah, that's the I word. I think offensive. Yeah. And it, uh, the, the word uh, implies that it crosses a line. Involving Trans- a violation of accepted or imposed boundaries. Thank you. you. So it <laughs> crosses, over the line, yes. It crosses, yeah. it crosses the line. And I'll tell you, I mean, I'm old enough. I remember when uh, Lenny Bruce came on the scene. Everybody was saying, wow, he goes out of this thing. And he did a famous thing. He was doing stand-up, I think, in uh, New York, in Greenwich Village. Yeah, right across the street at the Gaslight. And, uh, and I, I, I've forgotten who. Some big black uh, uh, basketball player was there. Oh, that narrows it down. <laughs> <laughs> big, big and black? Lou <laughs> uh, Alcindor, Will Chamberlain? Korean. I think it was Will Chamberlain. Will Chamberlain. And he was smoking, and uh, Bruce uh, reached for the cigarette, and he said, oh, he nigger-lipped it. Oh, yes. And Sounds like Dan. <laughs> and, and I didn't think it was funny. No, it's not funny. I thought it was wrong. Yeah. And, well, you know, but I'm a little uh, suburban guy. Wasn't he going somewhere with that? That was the whole, that was the whole point? Yeah, the whole point was to be transgressive. Yeah. Oh, because I, I remember the whole bit. That was certainly transgressive, but I remember the whole thing about the transgression contextually was that he was using language yeah. in a way that if he said it enough, it devalued the meaning. So the word nigger and the word, oh, um, you know, what, no, no, whatever the word was, <laughs> he would say it over and over again yeah. in the context of the show, well, and that devalued the sting. And so the overall point that he was making was, was larger yeah, I, contextually. What I don't like about that right now is that uh, is that the president is degrading all discourse in that way. Oh, yes. Of course. yes. But you say that good humor is transgressive, but yet you feel that there is a line that, that, that they yeah, cross. The well, look, the one, one issue that, that I think would be worth writing about is that is there any difference between a Comedy Central roast? And by the way, even the roasts over the years, I remember the roast, you know, the Dean Martin time, they were funny, very funny, but they didn't quite cross yeah. the line. They weren't as transgressive as they are now. I bet you they hurt people's feelings when they went home. Yeah, yeah even then. But, but now, if you've, seen, if you've seen a Comedy Central, but anyway, this is the White House Correspondents' Dinner, and it's kind of like a, a ceasefire affair. I told Dan, it's like Tom and Jerry, you know, clock out. And <laughs> it's, um, it's a White House thing. Is it are are they supposed to have no boundaries, just like a Comedy Central roast? Is there? I mean, yeah, that's kind of the tradition. I mean, so no, that's not the tradition. Well, my dad's a journalist in New Jersey, and he goes to the Trenton Correspondents Dinner every year, and it's like even worse than the White House one even is. Well, that's but this, and is, it's this like, is the White House, right? But I mean, the whole po- that's the reason why they have a comedian doing it because it's like everyone is supposed to be having fun together, like dropping their arms or whatever, and then they have a comedian come in and talk and do everything so that the reporters aren't the ones saying. It. Yeah, but so, t- 20 years ago, no one would have, and it, Michelle's not the first one, would have spoken this way. But is this at a more White provocateur-ish than, than what Colbert did a few years ago? Right. Or what, what, what um, oh, the Colbert, uh, what Seth what, Meyers what, I don't did? Know, or? I don't know what Colbert did. Well, I don't watch the all of them, but I saw Michelle <laughs> so Why are you asking? No, I'm asking, well, I'm asking because I think she's watched some oh, so of them. Yeah. I mean, and so I don't remember this way. I, I remember the other ones I've seen clips of being also very edgy. Yeah, I mean, and, Norm McDonald's was very edgy. I yeah, think people yeah. got but very is there, offended is by there, that. Um, I didn't see the p- previous ones, but you mentioned that... Uh, Hassan Minaj made fun of Trump's looks. But is there sort of a red line in comedy about making fun of women's looks? Uh, That, you know, I mean, it's one thing to make fun of a man's looks, you know, because we know that even if a man is ugly... It's going to be all right. Uh, if, yeah. he's, if he's got to, I'm got to, so relieved. <laughs> well, you've got the gift of humor, and maybe, and you have a bestseller. Maybe you've got a few dollars. But yeah. a woman, unfortunately, I, I'm only mis- missing one thing about getting laid. What's that? <laughs> a, 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 a pocket full of Viagra. But I, I um, you know, what, what about making fun of women's looks? You know, I did have a couple jokes where I referred to, you know, I, dating a fat woman and the elevator door open. She said, "Going down." I said, "We are if you get in anyway." Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's okay because you didn't make fun of, but you, you didn't make but, fun but of. But a, a lot of women, I, but woman. a lot of women, that, of just the notion that you're judging a woman, that you're making fun of a woman's weight, even if it's a woman that's. Not mentioned, Excuse they me, I, I, are look at me in horror. 
Yeah, no, but also, but also, I think it's more more than all of the male female context. It's about punching up. If yeah. you're punching up in the context of the joke, it's okay. What you're doing about the fat woman, I feel is I, I, I it feels mean spirited, and I don't like that joke. I Dan's think joke. Yeah, going down if you are anyway. It's funny to us. I don't need. I don't want people made fun of. I don't want to punch down at. Yeah, people. Yeah, but if it were a guy, if it were a guy, people. you might find it funny. A little bit funnier. Still, because I don't want to punch down at people. Okay. Uh, yeah. But <laughs> I think there's a huge difference yeah. between making fun of a man's looks and yes, making fun of a woman's looks in general. I think that that a person knows when they're drawing real blood and when they're yeah. well, not. But, yeah. And I but, think but that making people, fun people who draw real blood. They need to think about what they're doing and fun, whether it was deserved. Making oh, fun of a right. woman's looks is by definition drawing blood because in this awful world that I did not create, and I want to underline, these are not my <laughs> rules, but women are judged by their looks, yeah. and but, that's well, it. But is part of your point, Molly, that women should get over it? That they should. Not necessarily that women should get over it, but that it's, I mean, it's a nuanced issue. Like, Michelle was punching up, and she was writing clever material that alluded to Sarah's looks, but it wasn't just pointing at her and saying, you're fat and ugly. You know what I mean? It was, it was an interesting concept that she had clearly put thought into, and she was punching up. So I think that that is what makes it... Like, if that was a man sitting there and she was saying similar things, no one would be outraged by that. And If that were a man... If it was a, if Sarah Huckabee Sanders was a man, you know, if it was Sean Spicer and she was like, oh, I don't know if you're going to, you know, give us the news or separate us into softball teams. And I loved you as whoever on so whatever this show. Is what I, ever, I never understand about like the current where I'm supposed to be, the woke view on women. So are you saying that it, we should treat women exactly like men or because the whole kind of me too thing is like kind of like <laughs> women are not supposed to be treated just like men. Right. Well, I'm not really representing like the woke view right now. Let me ask you what, like, <laughs> it, it, it seems to me that it, 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 there's, a lot, me of, there's a lot of picking and choosing going on depending, yeah, depending on whether exactly. it's an anti-Trump angle. That, I agree completely. Yeah. And, yeah. and to me, I, that's why I think, I think uh, you're right. Men are probably a little less sensitive about their looks. That's why I said, but well, we started like, can you make fun of anything? Some, there, there are things that can be hurtful to a man, too. Right, and I, th I think it... Sorry, uh, uh, Come on, Keith. There's a, there's a certain... Uh, okay, uh, we need a mic. I'm going to let Keith I'm gonna let Keith take my mic for a minute. Go ahead. Uh, Good. Come on. There, there are jokes in, um, in lots of cultures where the object of the joke is somebody is stupid. <laughs> and, there are, and there are stock characters in a lot of cultures who are stupid, the wise men of Helm in uh, Yiddish uh, culture. In, in Indian jokes, there are these uh, people called sardars, and they always, um, uh, they always take things so literally minded that, uh, that as to be stupid, and it makes you laugh. Dan, sit down, Dan. <laughs> okay, but the question is, is it fair to punch down at stupid people? Is it fair to punch down at stupid people? Uh, so uh, Sadar, so he, he's on the, on the train going to Mumbai, and it's a long trip, and so he wants to snooze. So he, he sees another guy in the train compartment, and he says, I'll give you 100 rupees if you wake me up when we get to Mumbai. And the other guy says, sure, 100 rupees. Sadar goes to sleep, and the other guy says, geez, that's a lot of money just to wake him up. I happen to be a barber. I'll give him a little work while he's asleep. He takes his turban off. He shaves his hair off. Well, he says, well, I'm here. I'll take his beard off. He takes his beard off. Puts his turban back on. They come to Mumbai. He gets his hundred rupees. The sardar goes home. He goes into the bathroom to wash up. He looks in the mirror and he says, that son of a bitch. I gave him a hundred rupees and he woke up the wrong guy. I'm going to introduce Keith. I just wanna, I'm, I'm going to leave you alone. I just want to say that I, I just, I will say this opinion. It's the correspondence organizer's fault. They hired Michelle, and as she said, rightfully says, didn't you research me before? Like they must. That was the funniest thing she said. Yeah, I mean, it was exactly, it's, and that's why I think she's right. This is who she is. So that, so that they got what they ordered. You know. Well, good. It'll, be, it'll yeah, be interesting yeah, to see uh, what uh, this means for Michelle's career because uh, she just shot, her, her level of fame shot up like <laughs> no comics level of fame ever shot up in the history of comedy that fast. Yeah. Keith, I, Keith Robinson is here and I, I asked him to come, I asked uh, him, uh, Stephen, to ask, I don't know where the hell, because he, I wanted to quickly just talk about the other huge comedy news, there's two huge pieces of comedy news 
Number one, Michelle Wolf. Number two, Bill Cosby has been uh, uh, convicted of uh, a rape, I guess, or uh, yeah. Um, well, how many? Char- how many? Uh, just three, convicted three of the one. Counts. Three counts. And 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 so I figured, let's have an African American male. To, uh, you got to have me explain Cosby. <laughs> well, <laughs> but you, hey, you're black. <laughs> well, you, you know also, a lot about rape. What, you what, also uh, had an interesting point of view with regard to Cosby. Unless you were just kidding, uh, well, you feel that Cosby was treated unfairly, or maybe you were kidding about that. Not, not so much unfairly, but you can be treated unfairly, and and, and 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 the whole thing what he did. I think Cosby did some, you know, horrible things. Uh, as far as that's concerned, but I think this one, uh, Andrea Constant, I don't think this was a good one to get him on. Why? 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 Because of the of how it went down. Uh, she, um, like, she stayed in contact with him after the thing happened. She got three point five million dollars for non-disclosure, and but she stayed in touch with Cosby continually. You know, she continually yeah. want, got and stayed in contact with him. And, you know, I think this was, uh, you know, pretty much a money grab. That's what I think on this one. I think it was a money grab. And that's why I looked at And then he had a, uh, uh, one of the jurors was 22 years old. You're, you're, you're trying to, you can't get a 22-year-old to look over. That's a grown, this is a grown people's thing. This How is old was she when it happened to her? How old was she? How old was Andre- Andrea? Is her name right? Andrea. Yeah. yeah how old Andrea was she Cons- when when this happened in the first place? I, I don't know. Probably like tw- like in her twenties. In her twenties. Right? Yeah. yeah. So I feel like you could understand that if you're the same age as close to the age of the person when they were victimized. If I'm. Well, what what, no. what is it about the her being 22 that you or the no, the, the, juror, the, being the juror being 22 because you don't know enough. It's like he's 22 and they ask him. Well, do you know, have you ever, he was lying, first of all. Like, did, you, you, did you even know Cosby? No, I don't know nothing about Cosby. I didn't know about anything about this case. Uh, what about me, too? I don't know nothing about me, too. <laughs> You're lying. Everybody knows about me. Stop lying. So he's 22. That's the age you know about me, too. <laughs> you know what I mean? So he, he had no experience on anything about what life is. You got to have some life experience to deal with this case. And, you know, I just thought they picked out the look. Well, what like is the minimum anybody. age for a juror is, I think, is 18. But that's, I mean, that's a separate question whether that should be. Is it 18? I believe it is. Maybe it's 21. Maybe. I don't know. But if you listen to this guy talk, you know he's lying when you say, oh, I don't know. I never heard anything about me, too. <laughs> yeah, he did. That's, that's, that's your thing. That's your generation. Well, m- maybe, <laughs> maybe, but... Can I ask you if, if you think his being black worked against him in the jurors' minds? I think the Me Too movement was strong, and that definitely worked against him. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, you know, that was the thing that got him. It was that. They can't let him go now. Mm-hmm. So now they go, you know, they got to get everybody. But this one was, a, it was a weak case for me. Mm-hmm. And plus the the prosecutor... They, they they recommended don't do anything, but he's like, yo, I want something out of this thing. Everybody was looking for something. But you do feel that Cosby is likely guilty of numerous uh, rapes and assaults, whether or not you feel that this lady... Yeah, yeah. And how do you feel about him going to jail? I mean, uh, he's 80. <laughs> yeah. So you're trying to What's say... What's it to you? <laughs> so you're trying you don't think I can handle myself in there? You think, you think when you, I walk in, they're going to say fresh meat? Yeah. <laughs> You'd be like Pop from Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> no, uh, you know, but, you know, and then, they, you know, they celebrate it. The women are like, yay, yay. What do you celebrate? That's nothing to celebrate. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it, I think there's a really big sense of relief and happiness that people are finally being held accountable for things like this, and See, that's what people are celebrating. They're not celebrating that I it think, happened or that no, he's no, going no. to jail. She, they were actually celebrating Cosby going to jail. I think yes. it'd be great if, if if Cosby escapes. That would just be a lot of fun. <laughs> well, if he had the, uh, the the private plane that they said he had. Well, first you got to get now. We're going to build a tunnel. <laughs> 
And mm-hmm. you know, but you can't see. And every, we're going to go over what, the wall. What she said is, she's putting everything under that movement, like a, a, as far as women finally being heard. And that's you know, women can should be heard, but it should be fair too. I think it's pretty fair. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. I mean, people have been talking about Cosby doing this for like 20 years, you know? Mm-hmm. He had a lot okay, of time on the outside to he, just kind of... Keith's point is that is that that he didn't feel that this particular, the one that they got him on, right. that they that was not... You know, and I, don't, I can't speak to that because I haven't it, researched it, the case. To, but to Looking it, at the case, it wasn't a strong case. Yeah, you know, somebody sexually right assaulted you, you're not going to stay in touch with them. Well, I mean, it's it's Just, really complicated, you know. What, staying in touch with somebody that sexually assaulted you? I don't really, I, I'm still yeah, in I'm touch not. with uh, uh, Daniel Klein and Thomas Cathcart. <laughs> and we were never assaulted by you. <laughs> <laughs> but I get what you mean. Like, it is, you know, like when Osama bin Laden got killed and people were cheering, that's like a grim thing. Yeah. I get that. Like when something bad happens something to see bad people happens, cheer, yeah. You know, uh, you know, it's not it's nothing to cheer about because rape is bad, and uh, uh, what happened is bad. It's all around bad situation. Yeah. We can go. Uh, I'm happy this is over with. Well, I don't that know that you can make a statement that you know if somebody really is guilty. I don't know that necessarily inappropriate to applaud uh, their their downfall. Um, it is inappropriate. It is. Why? Boy, this show is so moral. <laughs> There's so many moral issues being discussed here. I find that interesting. Oh, good. good it's good. a moral show, man. Yeah. <laughs> Can I ask another one? Yeah, go I'm, ahead. Hit it. But this is, again, about my, my sexual naivete. Go ahead. Apparently, according Just to... Just speak into the mic, if you would. Okay. Um, apparently, uh, uh, Cosby, who I used to watch religiously with my daughter... Every week, you know, I mean, that was, we used to eat in front of the TV to watch that show. Um, uh, uh, He apparently gave drugs to the women that made them semi-comatose. Correct. Quaaludes. Who wants to fuck a comatose person? I don't get that one. Uh, yeah, it's weird. Uh, Thomas Cathcart, could you speak to that? Yes, I'd be glad to. Yeah, no, I have no idea. That is a weird part of the story, I think. Yeah, well, they what? say that it's sort of like a necrophilia fetish. Oh, and it's dear. like wanting to have control. Like, it's like you want to have control over someone, so you drug them. Look, Daniel them. Klein, as you know, you know, and, and you remember the famous line from the Woody Allen movie when the strange man <clears throat> defecated on my sister. Uh, that was from Crimes and Misdemeanors. And, and Woody said, to human sexuality. I don't know what the exact line was. But, you know, there, there's, just because, you know. Should Cosby. Yeah, go ahead. But, uh, I'm trying to answer uh, Mr. Klein's question <laughs> about whole... human sexuality is, 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 is uh, endless yeah, mystery. It's, it's not. There, it's, there's, it's, there's, there's nothing you can. It's messy. I, I, I can't, there's nothing it's you not can m- think of that's so crazy that somebody hasn't masturbated to it. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, this it this reminds Cosby. me of, a bo- of an old uh, politically incorrect joke that the French used to tell. And it was about a guy, sees another guy, screwing a corpse under a bridge on the Seine. <laughs> and he says, how can you do that, screw a corpse? And she sa- he says, this isn't a corpse, she's an American. <laughs> oh, all right. <laughs> I don't know if I get that. That was a French, it was a French joke. <laughs> hey, I want to ask Noam a question. Noam, I want to ask you this question. Should Cosby uh, TV show be taken off? Taken off? Should That's it all the stuff now, deal finally with Cosby, a good question at the eleventh hour be <laughs> taken at all? Question. Should that be wiped out? Should his whole legacy be wiped out? Good question. I would like to live in a world where it wouldn't be. I, I think that the 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 slippery slope of making these uh, razor thin judgments of judging the artist by his behavior and blah blah blah. I I would like to live in a more culturally where the default position culturally was just whatever, let anybody say what they want. So I would say no, but it's a, in the end, it's a business decision uh, how mm. the ratings would be, but I hope that they wouldn't be all these dumb boycotts. But it's no ratings. His show is over. The Cosby show... No, you said should they still show it? Should they still show yeah, it? So yeah. there's, a, there's, a, there's a ratings the decision on the, on the part of the network. Well, would Noam, would you laugh just as heartily, uh, knowing what you know now about uh, Dr. Cosby... And I will give him that that respect. <laughs> uh, would you laugh as heartily 
at the show. Now that you know that the man was committing the rape with a thing with a Let Let me answer uh, very Jewish-like. I never uh, thought that uh, um, Mel Gibson should be out of the movies. I never had problem watching Mel Gibson movies. What's his name? Roald Dahl, who wrote Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, was a vehement, vehement oh. anti-Semite. How about, listen, you remember, my, my parents said you can't listen to Wagner. Well, Wagner, too, but... but you couldn't listen to Wagner because he was an anti-Semite. It's the greatest music in the world. But, uh, but well, that's another... But I, and, and I read... My kids, uh, uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, or Charlie, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. I don't care that he's an anti-Semite. I, it, it, it bothers me he's an anti-Semite, but whatever, you know. It, it's so you would still listen to his music? Who, Wagner? Yeah. Yeah, of course, Wagner. Yeah, you know, there was a whole there was a whole controversy in the Israeli Philharmonic about whether to play Wagner, and in the end, the musicians said they wanted to play Wagner because yes. it's Wagner. He's and actually and considered. Baron conducted. Baron Baumbaum, who used to date my mother, which you know, and probably means stoop my mother. Um, <laughs> uh, 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 that uh, Wagner in a poll of musicians was rated actually behind Beethoven as the all-time greatest, in, 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 even above Mozart. But Wagner is a is a heavyweight. Was Lewis Carroll? Banging that little girl in real life. I leave. I ask you. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Alice in Wonderland. Alice in Wonderland. Alice, Alice in Wonderland. And he used to hang around with that. He wrote that story for Alice Little that he was spending a lot of time with. And I got to tell you. Wait, Keith and Ed, do, Keith, do, you didn't answer your own question. Do you ha, do you have children? Yes. Would are they young? No, my son is twenty-four. My daughter's thirty. Wait a oh, minute, okay. you have a daughter? A daughter? Yeah. yeah. No. Since when? But my paternity. But yeah. Like no. I right. got a daughter like Gnome has his older son. Uh, oh, okay. oh, it's like a stepdaughter. I guess. Yeah. Okay, but so I mean, there are little children in your life, uh, in your yeah. Would you allow them to watch Cosby? Yes. I I think I would allow my granddaughter to. But watch would Cosby. you say uh, no. to your granddaughter, this nice man uh, on the show, Doctor Huxtable, is not the same as the uh, the the. Would, would you explain to her the situation? <laughs> it's too complicated for me, let alone her. Yeah. Can I tell you guys something? This is the last thing, because this is very interesting. About that. My daughter, my, my wife is uh, India, Indian India. And so my my daughter is slightly dark, but, but you know, not, not Girl, very dark. Girl, you just don't want to say it. Say it. <laughs> She's slightly dark. No, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to describe her accurately. But she, but she has adopted this. It doesn't this. rub off. She, she, you guys talking to Mike. She's adopted this thing that she's brown. But anyway, that's really not the point. She came home. She says, Daddy, you're white. Do you treat people badly? Ooh. And I'm like, what? Yeah. And I said, what? She goes, I said, no, of course not. She goes, well, did you used to treat people badly? Did you ever treat people badly? Are you a colonizer? And, and I, I wanted to go to that fucking school and, yeah. and just raise hell. I'm like, why are, you, why are you teaching a first grader who cannot? She still believes in Santa Claus, for Christ's sake. She can't understand this stuff. She never conceived that her mommy and her daddy were different in any meaningful way until they fed it to her, inculcated her in first grade by having to tell her that the most important thing she needs to know about is the difference in skin color. white colors. man ain't shit. That's so a, that's a, <laughs> I was so angry. You should, you should write about that. That's a good op-ed, by the way. Oh, thank you. What do you think, Keith? You're what? black. <laughs> yeah, tell us what black people think, Keith. I agree with the teacher who told your daughter the white man ain't shit. <laughs> so angry. <laughs> <laughs> nah, you're right with that, though. You're right. Well, he lost he's me when right. he started talking about Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> oh, he said inculcated her, so oh. I was... Oh, gee. But, yeah, no, no, no. We're obsessed with race, gender, everything. It's like, just... We, we are... We are a, a cultural appropriation. A, a, you can't wear an Asian dress to a prom anymore. Of course, if you're Asian, you can you can go to Juilliard and be 50% of the population to study Mozart, but you can't wear an Asian dress. And we are, we are obsessed with uh, the uh, rejecting exactly the perfect opposite of the melting pot culture we used to claim we wanted to be. And I don't see how you can separate that from the immigration issue, meaning that personally, I really, really would not even consider immigration any issue at all if everybody was coming here to become part of the melting pot and become all Americans. Like my, like my, but if everybody's supposed to come here and keep their ethnic heritage as the most important defining 
aspect of themselves. So much so that you raise hell if somebody dare wear any fashion or any music or anything. They, then that's this is a recipe for for not having a country anymore, isn't it? You know how much of a liberal am I am. I think they should be allowed to do that. Of course, they're allowed to, but no. I mean, I, I still welcome them. That's part of being a melting pot. Saying, you know, I'm Danish, <laughs> and 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 uh, everybody should be Danish. I like that. I think that I, you're, you're, I think it's short-sighted. I think that that the country was was a success because we all wanted to be one people. E plura mm-hmm. unum. And if, and the point where where we're actually going to criticize people for adapting the things that we like about the cultures around us. We're going to come apart, just like Yugoslavia, just like Canada can't even handle the French. And the, there's, I don't think there's any historic, historical example of a nation which emphasizes differences, yet pulled together as one nation. I don't think it's psychologically well, possible. I worry about it. Anyway. I just wait, wait a minute. I, I get it now. I just don't want nobody from <laughs> shithole country. I get it now. The Such be- as Switzerland, <laughs> Australia. <laughs> wait, Dr. Klein. <laughs> Or Daniel Klein. Uh, is it because Americans... I do answer the doctor. <laughs> is it because... Ama- I know actually, I'm a little... actually, you should have some blood work soon. <laughs> is it because the American doesn't move during sex? That's why the American is the corpse? That's the I joke. got it! No. Okay. Good. Took me That's about 20 the French good. stereotype yeah. of the it. American. I, it just yeah. took me a while. Molly, do you get it now? Of the American I do. white I girl. I thought that's what it was, but I figured it couldn't be possible. This was, well, a, this was a joke from before your mother was born. Oh, yeah. so, so she changed things. <laughs> yeah, right. The whole French stereotype has changed, as has the French stereotype of Americans changed. Yeah, that's too old a joke. You can't tell that anymore. Yeah, it doesn't work. It would work. Substitute, substitute a white woman, maybe. Two black guys. Like, that's not, that's not a corp. That's a white bitch. Yeah, but then it's not my <laughs> joke to tell, yeah. Because, you know, white women did... Re- anyway. I, I don't uh, want to say anything, Dan, but have you noticed that the table is slowly leaving? Everybody is leaving this table? <laughs> I I, uh, I noticed one person leaving. We only have five mics. Oh, okay. So okay. people do leave, but uh, Keith, I don't know. Now, why Keith left, I don't know. <laughs> I guess he, he didn't uh, want to talk about the... Uh, oh, yeah. the uh, but yeah. Dove is back. Back <laughs> in the game, baby. Back in the game. You want to sit here? Sit here. <laughs> Dove is my, here. His wife is here, My by wife the way. is very shy. Can you believe Dove got married? Uh, you, you guys don't I got know married. that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, they can't believe, no, they can't believe it. Dove is the biggest poon hound. Such a hound. On, I mean... <laughs> I know, but I mean, uh, you, it, be, it you would require... Got you got to speak into the mic, uh, Dr. Klein. Congratulations. Yeah, you got you to speak into the mic. The mic, the mic. I was saying congratulations. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> okay. But like, well, thank you. I appreciate I like, that. I am, I'm a big believer in marriage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I am as well. Yeah, yeah but uh, Dr. Klein, <laughs> Dove was banging chicks. <laughs> like I just hear about what other people do. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm saying he was, yeah. do, he was at a level yeah. of, of, of just gorgeous women. I don't, think, I don't think that's nice to talk about in front of his wife. No, no, no it's okay. No, no we, we've talked about it. We're, we've, we've talked about it many times. But I, what Dan's referring to is a lot of people that get caught up in this lifestyle and this kind of environment, and then it makes it difficult for them to transition over to a more traditional monogamous kind of life. Yes. And so that's what he's referring to. But, but now, 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 she's not a corpse. She's Canadian. Uh, <laughs> uh. She's not an American corpse. Yeah. <laughs> I was referencing a French joke from earlier. Yeah, Canadian. A fine Canadian person. They tend to be, uh, they're a nice people generally. Um, Molly, I, I feel Molly, have, I feel Molly. We're working on a child. She's with child right now. Well, I we talk- are oh my God, on. really? Congratulations. You told, you told me that I couldn't talk about it. I know, but I felt like it was okay. But I didn't, oh, because so I didn't know where it would go. But Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah, That's yeah. They no, spent we, so much money yeah, trying to make we create were on an that IVF. Job. If oh. this child doesn't doesn't do the right thing, it, it'll be such a disappointment. <laughs> they spent upwards of like fifty grand trying to conceive that. Yeah, well, child. forty grand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good it's a good fee. It's, I'm over. Yeah. And it's a girl. You know how I know? Oh, karma. <laughs> karma, baby. Poetic justice. <laughs> After with Doug, you got to you got to speak into the mic. You got to speak into the mic. The mic. The mic. They're in the mic. In the mic. I'm just asking when she's due. I love uh, ordinary uh, middle class stuff like babies and marriage. (laughs) (laughs) I've always been that way. 
And uh, in October, in October is the, is the time. In October is the well, time. Well, I'm in October, baby. We're the best. We're, uh, well, in that case, we're going to prolong Ma- things until we get out of your range. Molly, I'm sensing that you're a Libra. I got Libra. I'm feeling it. No, I'm no. not a Libra. I'm a Capricorn. Oh, no, yeah. nonsense. I don't have that. That is pure nonsense. Yeah. Okay, I don't believe we, didn't, for a we didn't invite you here to, t- to lie to us. <laughs> yeah, we didn't invite you for lies. <laughs> Can I tell you that Tom and I are having a baby in October also? Oh, oh. God bless no, you, I, too. God bless you. <laughs> these, these are my favorite uh, friends. Dove and I have been friends not quite 61 long time, years. Long time. But yeah. about 20. Yeah, maybe yeah it's 15. been a good clip it, now. Uh, uh, wait. We have a new book coming out in October, and oh, that's our oh, baby. Oh, that's our baby. Okay, oh, wow. Hey, what is the new book about? Same old shit. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah. no, it's, it's explaining uh, uh, a lot of philosophers we haven't covered before. Wow. In the but context th- of humor? It, but this time through cartoons. Mostly New Yorker oh, cartoons. Oh, wow. New, yeah. it's new, great. Yorker, new yeah. Yorker and Punch, uh, the British magazine Punch. Yes. Uh, M- Molly, um, we have to go soon. I just wanted to uh, give you uh, the chance to uh, maybe uh, plug. I hear you. I, Steve is giving me the light, for God's sake. Um, <laughs> to give you a chance to uh, maybe tell us about, promote something that you are working on or that you're doing. Um, I mean, I just did a show last night for my friend's book that just came out called Hey Ladies, which is really cool. Oh, you're trying to promote, you want to promote your friend's book? Yeah. What's it called, Molly? It's called Hey Ladies. Oh, cool. And it's, um, speaking of marriage and babies and stuff, it's sort of like spoof emails of girls who are planning engagement parties and stuff like that. And it's really funny. Oh, wow. So I've been involved with that for like a couple years. So, um, just as like a performer, not writing it or anything, but... Uh, yeah, and then other than that, I have a few more stories coming out with L over the next like month or so. So cool! Yeah. Oh, great, Molly. Yeah. Noam was a little rough on you, but uh, it's fine. I <laughs> hope you had a good experience. Uh, Noam uh, pulls no punches, and uh, but I think you he know. thought I was woker than I am. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, we want to thank uh, you know I forgot that Daniel Klein and Thomas Cathcart. Cathcart. Thomas Cathcart. It's an, it's an interesting sort of a name. I'd never heard of it before. Scottish, Thomas Cathcart. Scottish. Oh, Scottish. Scottish, you baseball Molly, knave, you fool. <laughs> I think Molly, that's, most of that sounds Scottish to No, me. Irish, well, actually. In either yeah. case. Irish. Yeah. And Dub, we want to congratulate Dub on his upcoming baby girl. Upcoming baby. According to Dan, it's a girl we don't know yet. We're only four to 15 weeks into this process, okay, 15 so we don't weeks, know. Is it... It did, yeah. Is the sex differentiated at six, 15 weeks? Well, I'm sure it's differentiated, but they can't see it through. I, I mean, yet, yeah, if you do a, what's it called, the ultrasound, you don't see it immediately. Because Theoretically, I, you could test for it, but don't see it. We all start off as women, I think, is how it works. And not then, me, not me. Maybe you. Maybe you. <laughs> well, I, I'm all men, baby. was right from the beginning. Okay. Well, um, thank you, everybody, for coming, and uh, we'll see you next time on the Comedy Thank you, sir. Thank, thank you. Thanks for having us. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.